We're very fond of images of Christ as a consoler, as a healer, as someone calling little children to come unto him, someone who teaches about the love of God, someone who we idealize in magnificent works of art, such as the stained glass window that we have illuminated every night so that everyone who passes by can see this beacon representing the love of Christ. And so how unusual it seems when we hear this story during the season of Lent of a very different Jesus, a Jesus full of indignation, righteous anger, and also unusual because the scene that he encounters wasn't out of the ordinary. Think of the story uh, going back to the time of his birth when his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, presented him to the temple. One of the things they did as a part of this rite, which every parent would have done, was to present a sacrifice. And since they were of little uh, means, they presented the sacrifice of two turtle doves. There was a provision, of course, in place for uh, people so that everyone, everyone, no matter what their station in life, would be able to present an acceptable sacrifice at the temple. Uh, the temple was an interesting place because it was the very heart of Judaism. It was the place where God lived. It was a place of varying layers, and depending upon who you were, your station in life, your sex, you could get only so close. And the precincts of the temple were places of great activity and uh, bustling with people and animals. The Jewish people had already begun their diaspora around the, uh, the world into all the different known parts. People spoke different languages and had different currencies. So it was like traveling today. You, know, you have to prepare for the place you're going, get your money changed, l- uh, learn the, the customs and the area. So these people, while they were Jewish, and while they certainly would have understood the importance of the temple, indeed it was their, their great pilgrimage to go to the temple, they were out-of-towners, a lot of them. They didn't know the way around the city. And some were from, I would suppose, rural areas, places uh, not quite as uh, slick as the city would be. So think of images we have today of you know, sort of the country bumpkin going, getting plopped in the middle of New York City and you know, the hilarity ensues. This, that same sort of thing, where people with, were very unfamiliar with the surroundings and had to scrap and get by. So also coming from different countries, they would bring different types of currencies with them. And this was a problem uh, in the ancient world and really up to the time that we, uh, in the United States, devised the Federal Reserve System because uh, money was drawn on banks, banknotes. And the farther you got from that particular bank, the less your money was worth. So a $5 Note drawn on a bank in New York City, if you went down to New Orleans, might be worth $4.50. So it was a, a tricky system and one that could easily be manipulated, especially at this time, uh, these ancient times, in which people couldn't just uh, look up the exchange rate of that day. 
So you had all these booths and exchange uh, people around the temple, changing money. Sometimes I would imagine uh, with uh, malicious intents, with intent to swindle others who were not familiar with, with the practices. But simply the, the presence of these people was not unusual. So Jesus comes and seemingly in an instant becomes enraged. It says the Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to, the, up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, doves, and money changers seated at their tables. And then he, the first thing he does, he makes a whip of cords and drives them out of the temple. There's a great uh, scene in a movie about Christ with this, with the, you know, the tables turning over and the animals running everywhere. There's chaos, people screaming, wondering what in the world is going on. So he causes quite a stir. Now, I grew up in a tradition that was, uh, took the Bible very literally, and so we would frown on things such as uh, a, a flea market or even uh, selling Girl Scout cookies at coffee hour that would not be done. Uh, that's not the point of this uh, exercise. The point here, one of the points here, was that Jesus encountered a man-made uh, stumbling block, that people were coming to fulfill their obligations to God and to have their sins forgiven and to do their duty and to do what was right and between them and God stood these money changers. So people of all different economic backgrounds were there. There were, I'm sure, very wealthy people. There were very poor people. And the poor people needed God just as much as the wealthy people. But as is sadly the case even in our world today, it is often the, the poor who wind up proportionately having to pay the most with you know, the fees and the charges and whatnot. And so these money changers are causing people to go into debt in order that they might purchase the appropriate sacrifice and give it to God. So imagine having to go into debt to worship God. This is what enraged Jesus, not the presence, the mere presence of these people, not the mere presence of the animals. That was uh, an accepted practice but putting a block between God and other people wounds the heart of Christ. Now, he also says to the angry mob who he's just uh, sort of overturned and spilled all their money and let their animals loose, what sign can you give us for doing this? And Jesus said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Of course, people thought as anyone would, that he was talking about the physical structure of the temple, this great stone temple that had been in the process of construction for 46 years at that point in time. They think, who is this crazy man coming in here, overturning the tables, disrupting everybody, and here he says he can destroy this great stone temple and rebuild it in three days. Of course, we know that's not the temple he was speaking of. He was speaking of the temple of his body. He was speaking of not destroying Judaism, but 
sort of the, I, I want to say, the, the pangs of death and birth of something new, of this new covenant that's coming. He's going to fulfill the old covenant and bring forth the new covenant. That is the destruction and the rebuilding that he is talking about. But it is very appropriate during Lent that we hear this story of this amazing uh, moment in the life of Christ where he really went out on a limb. You know, there are all these other stories that we hear about how he tried to get away from the crowds, how he went up to a high place alone, or how he rowed out in a boat into the middle of the sea. But here, in the heart of town, in the midst of hundreds, maybe thousands of people, he makes this great scene and this great proclamation about who he is and about God's will. And during Lent, we take time to take stock of our own temple, our own bodily temple, our own spiritual temple. Now is the time for us to clean up our temples. Now is the time for us to examine inside our hearts and minds what sort of blocks that we have constructed to keep ourselves from God. We like to insulate ourselves with with comforts and uh, other things that dull the pain or dull the reality of life. But those can also cloud our vision. Those can also get us just a little bit out of focus. And so now is the time for fasting, and whether you fast with food or, or some other way, Fasting in, in order to focus, in order to have a clearer vision of God. Of course, we see as through a glass dimly on this side of life. But we do our best with our fasting and our prayer to, to uh, sort of rub the, the steam off that window and get a, get a closer look at God in our hearts. So we examine those blocks that we put up for ourselves, but we also must be very wary to examine whether or not we put up blocks to other people, just as the money changers did in those ancient days with uh, causing people to go into debt to, to serve the Lord. What types of things do we put in the way that prevent people from coming to God? We like to think of ourselves as being very welcoming, and indeed we are, but it could be little things. Just take some time and think about that. How, how can we make our doors and our hearts open ever wider? How can we make, as we heard from the, the prophet Isaiah, how do we make the rough places plain? How do we make that highway for our God, that highway in which he can uh, ride triumphantly into our temples, the ones built with hands, and into the temples of our hearts and our souls. Let us always be mindful of preparing the way for God, for preparing the way for salvation, preparing the way for others to know our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.